Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Coaching Radio. We are broadcasting live from lovely Austin, Texas. We are your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Julie, my dear, welcome to today's radio show. Thank you. Looking forward to it. And it is a beautiful, bright, and shiny day here. So our hearts go out to all of you who have been suffering through blizzards and other strange and icy weather. I've had lots of calls today where people are like, what are you talking about? I can't even get out of my driveway. So we feel for you, and we'll try and send some sunshine your direction. Well, you know, we definitely understand what it feels like to sell real estate and have a real estate business in a market where the weather weather sucks. I mean, we sold real estate in central Ohio. Julie and I really do completely, totally understand what it what it's like yes. to have to be motivated when it feels like the clouds are so low and the skies are so dark. Yeah. You just might as well go back in bed and sleep for the next few Hibernate. months. We get it. Yeah, yeah, and there's, you know, the fact is that it's really hard to be motivated in those types of situations, and you really have to dig deep and find your motivation internally or hopefully by listening to the radio shows. And I say shows because you can go back and listen to all of our past radio shows. They're on iTunes, Stitcher. We syndicate them, I think, on like, I don't know, 10 or 12 different uh, formats. But you can also go to realestatecoachingradio.com and listen to our past shows. And, of course, our friends over at Inman have our shows syndicated on there, and you can listen to the archive for the past year. Hopefully you'll find some motivation um, on uh, from listening to those past shows, even on those deep, dark, snowy days. So, you know, we're here for you. We understand. We sympathize with you. So here's the thing. Julie and I have been um, perhaps too contemplative lately, time of year, I suppose. And she and I were having, well, I'll tell you what got us started on this, Julie, a couple of days ago when you were talking about the fact, or we were talking about the fact, that this year is our 25th wedding anniversary. That's right. Happy anniversary. Yeah, 25, <laughs> yeah well, almost, right? We have to wait till September 15th. But yeah, yeah, so 25 years of being married. And Julie and I were talking about, I mean, we met, you know, we've been married. I'm 46 this year, and Julie's 45 this year, and so, you know, we met forever ago, got married forever ago. You guys could do the math. Um, so, yeah, we were talking about the fact that, you know, our first year in real estate, you know, we were in our early 20s right out of college. We sold 100 homes, and, you know, by the time we were in third, by the time we were like 27, 28, we started having agents asking us to coach them just because they had heard about what we did in our own market. Um, and uh, that's where we really got started coaching almost by accident. It wasn't even called coaching back then. It was called shadowing. It was called mentoring, all these other different terms. So coaching really came uh, into the realm of real estate probably in like 90 or 91 as far as the term. But here's the thought. I, Julie and I were talking about all the things we wish we would have known by the time we were 30. Uh, and we, Julie and I go on a walk every morning. It's about a mile and a half around our neighborhood. And we talk and we just start, you know, the ideas just start pouring out of our minds about all the things that we wish somebody would have told us by the time we were 30. And then it, it occurred to us um, that a lot of folks, even by the time they're our age, don't know these things either. And so Julie and I started really digging deep and asking ourselves why it is that people don't know these things. And we're going to share these things with you over the next few days. And I think a lot of these things, in a lot of cases, are going to surprise you. You, you might find yourself a little bit upset, I'll say. That's going to happen. You'll find a lot of the things that you believe to be true to be challenged, um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, this is an opportunity for you guys to really think about 
the beliefs that you have, the way that you go about living your lives, but also specifically running your business, because we are your business coaches after all. But of course, you know, the types of things that we share with you guys as your coaches apply not just to your business, but to your entire life. So these things, these lessons, there are a lot of them are hard learned. They were things that we had to learn from making mistakes. A lot of them came from us being lucky enough to have a lot of mentors and coaches in our lives as we were coming up. And then, you know, I have to say, a majority of these lessons came from having uh, done literally hundreds of thousands of coaching calls. <laughs> I mean, co- coaching in its very nature is very cathartic. You learn a lot about yourself when you're helping somebody else. And um, so I hope you find these 30 points over the next few days of value. I, I am confident that you will. I do really sincerely hope that when we come across a point that you might find a little bit off-putting that you not allow yourself to become a skeptic, not allow yourself to start you know, filtering. Just allow yourself to take in the information and then use that information to bounce it off your current paradigm, how you currently think. And then maybe if you think it's necessary, if you're not getting the results that you want out of life based on your current way of thinking, that I would suggest that you use what we're giving you to challenge your, you know, your way of thinking and perhaps move the needle a little bit so you can make this year the best year of your life. You know, on our private Facebook page, Julie, I read the comments a few times a day. I really love how enthusiastic and motivated our uh, coaching clients are. It's really fun to read, but it is also very apparent to me that this time of year it is a real challenge for people to really truly feel motivated. And those are the same types of people um, that once they realize that it just takes, uh, you know, basically completing your business plan, that's really the first step that all of you are doing. So coaching clients, if you've not yet done it, definitely complete your real estate treasure map. And those of you who want to have your business plan and also want to have a free coaching call, remember you get our book, the uh, Real Estate Treasure Map, when you do request a free coaching call at freecoachingcallsforagents.com. So, Julie, considering we have a lot of points to cover over the next hmm. few days, you want yeah. to jump in, or do you have any do you have any shout-outs or anything you'd like to say before we get to the well, first I point? Did, I did. I wanted to give a special shout-out to Corey in Manhattan, one of our great coaching clients. And Corey and I have been working on something that many, many agents struggle with, which is the thought of time management, which the phrase in itself kind of makes me laugh because time itself is kind of a made-up thing, and to think that you can manage something that's sort of made up, it's like a whole big conversation. And I think that Corey now has embraced the fact that real estate will throw you things all the time, every day, in your email, your voicemail. You know, the idea of being this great manager of it, you know, if you just kind of let go of that and get back to daily minimum standards that you can embrace that are based on your goals, which gets back to your point, Tim, if they don't have goals, how are you ever going to manage your time? You just go to whatever happens to be going your way. And I think that Corey has started to cross over to being better at that from the mindset perspective. And I think this is going to be one of his best years ever. So I just wanted to give him a special shout-out for being very introspective on how he operates and working on this because so many agents struggle with it, but they don't take any action about it. And he's somebody who is. So back to you, Tim. So, guys, please don't misunderstand what Julie just said. Time management in itself as a concept is a myth. But having a time block day, having a schedule, having daily minimum standards, having some discipline at least in the morning, that is what you absolutely must adopt. But So don't confuse what she just exactly. said because you know, what she was exactly. referring to more is a, a principle that uh, Albert Einstein questioned whether or not time itself was real or whether or not it was a human construct. But we don't have to get all nerdy and scientific America on you today. <laughs> That's a different story. All I'm saying is simplify it and get to your minimum standards and don't yeah. overthink it because you can really right, go down a dark rabbit it. hole with that. 
yeah. Right. Well, it's because it, – exactly. Because if you have your real estate treasure map and you come up with your three to five daily minimum standards, like every single day you wake up, you know, whether you feel like it or not, doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level, right? So you're going to do your three to five things every day, and you're doing it at the highest level – you know, even if you don't hit a home run that day, you'll be moving the ball down the field and building positive momentum. Um, so anyway, Julie, before we rant, go off in a different uh, direction, let's go, mm-hmm. just go ahead and jump in. So the title of today's show, and probably for the next few days, is 30 Things I Wish I Knew When I Was 30. <laughs> so Perfect. 30 Things I Wish I was mm-hmm. Now, don't filter if you're 65 or 75 or 85. Don't filter, or okay? Because I know we have some co- – yeah, this is all applicable information. Um, office managers, brokers, anybody else, uh, do write this stuff down and do share this with your agents. This is great information. Now, I will warn you that these are not necessarily in the most logical border. <laughs> so yeah. you might find that you will say one thing, and then the next point you're going to be going like, how the hell do those things have anything to do with each other? Well, they don't. They're just how we thought of them and just how we wrote them down um, and the order in which they came out of our brain. So, um, again, don't start allowing yourself to be a skeptic. Just listen. Have your mind open. Uh, Hopefully we can help you and maybe answer some questions uh, about why maybe in the past you've struggled. These are things that absolutely positively work for everyone. We know because we have had literally hundreds of thousands. I laugh because, oh, my God, that's a lot of coaching calls. But we've had literally hundreds of thousands of coaching calls for realtors, and these are some of the very tenets, the principles of our, the foundation of, of really our, our belief system about how to be successful, not just in real estate, but in life. So, Julie, point yes. numero uno. Numero uno, balance is a myth. Don't seek balance. Doing so will make you always feel out of balance. Okay, so it's kind of an interesting point. Balance is a myth. Just accept that fact. And in fact, that when you really get into that and you embrace that as like your thing, I'm so out of balance, there's something wrong. That thought in itself makes you have a lack of balance. So how do you deal with this? How do you reconcile that point? Well, having goals in five areas of life helps you stay focused on what is important. Family, financial, physical, spiritual, and educational. This is part of the treasure map, by the way, so we walk you through how to do this. But your goals in five areas of life, again, family, financial, physical, spiritual, and educational. You'll never have perfect balance in all five categories, but having those goals set gives you focus and direction. By the way, it's normal for high achievers to have some imbalance most of the time. It's how they deal with it that's different than the average person. So again, balance is a myth. Don't seek balance itself, but have goals in those five areas of life to give you some direction. And there's going to be an ebb and flow to that. You know, sometimes when you're working hard on something financial, you know, let's be honest, sometimes the physical or the family slides a little bit in favor of the financial goal, and then you recalibrate once you have achieved that and you refill the cup. So this is a very fluid thing. Next mini point under that is to accept the fact that a sense of imbalance almost always goes back to a lack of income. Ah, stuff that people don't always like to talk about. But what wouldn't be better with consistent higher profitability? Maybe you're feeling imbalanced on the family end of things because your income isn't what it should be, and that's what you argue about all the time. Number one reason people get divorced, financial issues. So accept the fact that some of your imbalance probably has to do with income. It might not be that you're not making enough. It might be the consistency of how your income is coming in. So that's why you look at your goals in five areas of life, and financial is one of them. Does that make sense, Tim? 
It does, and and we're not saying that spiritual, for example, or family goals or any of these other things aren't important. They are, but they're going to be important uh, at varying levels depending on, let's be honest, your age and your stage of life. Um, You know, when you're in your 20s, you're in your 30s, you better be focusing on hitting it out of the park. You know, you better be focusing on really building a strong family foundation. You better be focusing on short-term, and we're going to get to more of these points in a second. I don't want to jump on any of my uh, next points, but on your short-term business goals, because the way you feel, the energy, the motivation, all of that stuff, the ego you have in your 20s and your 30s, trust me what I tell you, it does not feel the same when you're in your 40s. And I can tell from our coaching clients it definitely doesn't feel the same as you get older beyond that. So the reality of it is is that those of you who are in your 20s and your 30s who are listening to us right now, you do have a higher level of everything than you will when you're older. You know that common sense. Um, so take advantage of it. Don't rest on your laurels. Don't wait around for you know something to happen. You have to make it happen and be okay being out of balance. Now, if you're in your 40s and your 50s and your 60s and you're trying to basically you know get your financial house in order, as a lot of people are, that's okay too and be okay with other things being out of balance. A suggestion, a practical uh, a word here is that if you are planning on making 2016 your rock star year, your best year ever, you're going to kick so much ass this year that you're going to be a, a host on our radio show sometime where we're going to be celebrating your success, okay, that level of success. Um, you need to be a, a good wife, brother, son, sister, father, and tell your family that because you're focusing on this specific aspect of your life, there's probably uh, going to be less time that you're going to be able to spend doing the other things. And then you need to share with your family, this is how basically you can get them to buy in, share with your family what the benefits are to them from you accomplishing the financial goals. Now, there's a, this is a double-edged sword because we've had a lot of coaching clients promise things like Disneyland, <laughs> you know, going on a Disney cruise, things like this. When they have younger children, you know, mommy or daddy is going to be drilled down for the next, you know, six months, and we're going to be focusing on earning these particular financial goals. And as a family, once mommy or daddy earns these particular goals, this is what we're going to be able to do. Well, that gets posted on the refrigerator. Everyone gets to see it. Trust me when I tell you that when your kiddos see that as a specific payoff from you come June or July, if they see you lounging around on the uh, couch reading Time Magazine, they're probably going to say something to you. you know. So you're going to get maybe a higher level of accountability than you're asking for. But all I'm asking you to do is don't just simply abandon your familial relationships and uh, obligations in pursuit of your own financial, um, you know, even if they benefit, they don't necessarily know they benefit. All they do is they see you're not around as often. So you need to definitely do the right thing and get the whole family to participate in the accomplishment of these goals, helping them to understand that it benefits all of them. Now, this is also true, guys, with the other categories of life as well. Uh, But again, we are primarily your financial and your business coaches, and that's where we're going to put our greatest effort when we have you on the radio and and especially on coaching calls. So, Ms. Julie, what is point numero doce? Point number two is what is your product? This is always a fun question when we do live events because we will not give you any hints. We'll just ask you, what's your product? Don't give me any hints now. Don't give me any hints now. Let's set it up, right? All right. Okay. got it. So, all right. (laughs) So, Julie and I are in front of your local, you know, we're in front of your office, we're in front of your, you know, 100 agents, 1,000 agents, 10,000 agents, and we ask you guys all this question, as we've done billions of times before. And we say, 
Agents in the audience, what is your product? Shout out your answer. And then you get answers like happy clients. You get answers like, um, you know, I want to have sold houses. I want to do uh, build a great environment for my office. I want to, you know, your product might be, um, uh, you know, if you're a broker, it might be, well, you know, great agents. You're, okay, so all those things are true. That is part and parcel of what you produce. But your true product in this business, in this industry, your true product is profit. That is harder to obtain than all those other things. By far, it's easy, guys, comparatively speaking, to build a team. It's easy, comparatively speaking, to have a bunch of transactions. Look how many people sell 100, 200, 300, 400 houses per year. It's not that big of a challenge anymore because there's so many paths you can follow, so many people that have done it before like us, that you can easily understand how to go about doing it. That information is fungible, but how to make a profit. Don't assume that the guy selling you know, 300 houses per year has a higher net income than the guy selling, say, 50. In many cases, he does not, or she does not. The reality of it is, is a lot of folks have fallen into the trap of believing that the profit comes when they do more transactions. The exact opposite is true in most cases. So be clear about this. And this is one of those you know, points that I know some of you will be offended by. Um, it's probably one of our more controversial points. I don't know why, honestly. You are in this business to make a profit. A profit is the amount of money you put in your pocket after you've paid all of your business and your personal bills. The profit from your company is what makes you rich. The profit from your company is what gets you the opportunity to reinvest and do other things with your life, like Disneyland for the family or buying a, a you know apartment complex or uh, you know fully funding your retirement account or 529's account or paying off your mortgage. You can't do that unless you have profit. Now, you won't have profit automatically. Don't assume that just because you sell a bunch of houses, you'll have profit. That's a lie, straight-up lie. It's one of the biggest lies in real estate. More transactions you do, the more profit you'll make. Not true. Oftentimes, the opposite is true. Unless you have the intention of making a certain amount of profit off every transaction, from the first transaction to the thousandth transaction, you won't do it. Unless you have a specific plan every year of how much money you're going to save after taxes, you won't do it. Trust me. Here, here's a mindset thing when I have people that are struggling with this, coaches and coaching clients too, you know. It's a concept, right? It, it, it flies in the face of many of the belief systems that we come up with, the modern books on uh, real estate wealth and on, you know, building a business, and they never talk about this. This is, you know, oh, you build this big thing and whatever, whatever will happen. So here's how focused you are or not on actually making profit out of your business, your main product. You have a listing appointment tonight. This is just a mental mindset thing, okay? So stay with me on this. It's a million-dollar seller who's going to pay an 8% commission. The seller has to sell. The seller's only interviewing you. And, oh, by the way, the seller is your mom, okay? <laughs> but she's going to make she's going to rattle your cage a little bit. So you have to show up. You have to be prepared. But let's put all the numbers together here. How excited are you knowing that you're going to – oh, did I mention – 
that the 8% commission, you're going to get both sides because you already have the buyer. So you're going to make on this one transaction 8%, $80,000 of a million dollars, and you're going to close this in 30 days. On a scale of 1 to 10, how excited are you for that appointment and that opportunity? How motivated are you? How focused are you? Now, you know, maybe to drive the point home more, let's say you're going in there and your mom's making you compete with two other realtors. How much more how much more focused are you going to be? How much more prepared are you going to be? How much more, you know, everything are you going to be because you want to get that listing? Now, take the same mindset uh, question and approach your uh, idea of building profit. You guys have no idea how to do it. There's no motivation. There's no question. A lot of you are saying to yourselves, well, you know what, I leave that up to my accountant or my spouse or my financial planner. Or, you know what, I just basically, when I have a big closing, one or two per year, I'll just basically save the money. So there's no plan versus if you're going on a killer listing appointment, you have a plan. Most of you should, anyway. Have a plan knowing what you're going to do. You're at least going to have more focus than you do with the idea of saving profit. Do you guys see the difference? So what if all of a sudden the same focus that you have towards the idea of taking that killer listing, you were to take that same energy, that same intensity, that same level of everything, and you were to apply it to the idea of making a profit. Shift the energy, that same you know, uh, ferocity of, of, of just absolute, complete, and total momentum, and move that towards making a profit. Now, your whole focus, okay, so your whole focus now is making your business profitable so you can pull out, you know, 30%, 40% in after-tax profits every year. That's going to be your new focus. That should be your focus because I have news for you, and this is the truth. If you don't think like that, you won't make enough profit to ever move the needle for you. You're never going to save enough money. You're never going to have any money to invest, and you're never going to create any financial freedom. Didn't you originally get in this business with the idea that it would give you the ability to create financial freedom for yourself? I mean, at some level, wasn't that at least a partial motivator, you know, to have the ability to earn as much money as you wanted to, to have the ability to, you know, reinvest that money so it produced money for you? How many of you are actually doing that? The reason isn't because you're not working. The reason isn't because you're not putting in the time. The reason is, is because no one's ever slowed you down enough to focus you in on the practical very real point that you have to be prioritizing all your business efforts around making a profit. And profit never happens by accident. If profit is the last thing after you pay your taxes, after you pay your bills, after you pay your assistance, after you pay your everything, and then whatever's left over is what you keep, you will never have enough left over to make a difference. You have to shift your mindset about that. A great book you can read, and I know some of you don't like this book. It's okay. Read it anyway is uh, Profits Aren't Everything, They're the Only Thing. I don't remember the author's name, but Google it. Profits Aren't Everything, They're the Only Thing. Read that book. Killer book. And again, some of you will be offended by some of the things that he says. I get it. Allow yourself to basically at least have the opportunity to shift your mindset. If you're not um, you know, essentially socking away big chunks of change every year, it is your fault. It is because you have yet to embrace the idea that product, your product is all the things that you think it is, but the main product that you produce is profit. Be clear about that. Miss Julie, point number three. Well, but Tim, it's not about the money. <laughs> Doesn't that make your teeth itch when you hear that? It's not about the money. Well, okay, we talk, then do, we all your trans- the do all your transactions yeah. for free. Yeah, that'll right? sober you up, right? Work for free. Just donate your commission. <laughs> you don't need it. It's not about the money. Yeah. Exactly. Pay, pay us $10,000 a month for your coaching bill. That's good. So if you don't need any money, that's that's fine. We'll take it. 
happily. Yeah. I mean, that, that to <laughs> me is just like a decoy excuse that some of you guys give to your coaches because I talk to them about about how to deal with that. So, yeah, I mean, let's, let's come to terms with that. Of course it's about the money or you wouldn't be doing this. Do you expect to provide a high level of service for free? What other high level of service do you get for free? Of course it's about the money. So um, just note to self to deal with that oh, if see. that's what's going on in your mind. Go ahead. Well, but, I mean, Julie, profit is, isn't just okay. It's what drives the economy, specifically your own economy. And, it, you know, you have to really understand that you do have a daily expense of what it costs to run your life. And if exactly. you're not absolutely positive, right. And so profit is a direct result of the service you provide. And here's the, where the conflict comes in. You know, I too, and Julie to a lesser extent, but most of us were not raised with the idea that you could be certainly financially independent, let alone rich. None of us, I would venture a guess, were raised with uh, understanding money. We're understanding how to build wealth. We're understanding the importance of profit, right? Even if you go to the library and you start reading all these great modern books um, you know, it doesn't matter what the book is. They all pretty much are lying to you. They're written by business consultants. They're written by people that have never actually done it. They are full of, you know what, because they don't understand the concept that profit is the product. Now, a lot of the uh, stuff that you read and come across is not written for people in our industry because, and I don't want to jump on an upcoming point, our businesses, real estate practices, do not have liquidity events. A liquidity event is when a company goes public. A liquidity event is when a company is sold. A liquidity event is something like that. That does not happen in real estate practices, like ever. Don't think it does. Find one and email me, tim at timandjulieharris.com. And don't send me one where Warren Buffett bought a prudential office. That's not the same, okay? So the reality of it is, is that the profit you make from your business is what you reinvest to make you rich. It's okay if you do not feel comfortable with what we're telling you. It's okay if you've never heard this before. It's okay if you think that you don't need to pay attention. Well, this isn't okay. If you think you don't need to pay attention because you have Social Security, because you're getting profit sharing from your business, because you're betting on the stock market that's going to pay off by the time you retire, you are setting yourself up for absolute positive failure. Your business, your real estate practice, must produce a profit. That profit then has to go to, and this is part of our coaching program, retiring all of your debt. Then it has to go to basically buying assets that will produce passive income for you. There are a lot more things out there than you probably are aware of that you can actually put in place to start producing enough money for you every single month to make it so your personal overhead is covered, and if you chose to, you wouldn't have to work anymore. You don't have to have millions and millions and millions of dollars. It is absolutely positively not. Most of you could accomplish financial freedom with a total net worth of less than a million dollars. That's the truth. You just don't know how to do it yet, okay? Let us help you understand that you can actually accomplish these. And and here's the thing. You can do that in most parts of the country if you know what you're doing in usually less than 36 months. So where you are now, you know, whether it's you're financially well off or you're basically struggling not knowing what next to do, know that you could create absolute positive financial independence, not in five years or ten years, but in 24 to 36 months. It's about your mindset. It's about starting with the concept that your business is all about profit. All right, Julie, let's go through one more point. Cool? All right, you got it. So we'll do this relatively quickly because i got to jump on a coach's call. I know. So uh, delegate, point number three, delegate, don't abdicate. 
look at the top agents in the U.S. They all have either no teams or very small teams. What does abdicate mean? It means to give away your power. That, and this is what we see with a lot of teams, the whole team concept. Yes, there are some very tightly run smaller teams that are indeed profitable. But by and large, when agents go into team building mode, their fantasy is that someone else is going to do all the work. They're going to sit on the beach and collect their check. That is a fact because you hear that practically coming out That's of their mouth. That's what they believe. That's what they believe, right? right. That you can just give all your buyer leads to your buyer's agents. You can have a listing partner that will take all the listings for you, and they'll be as good as you are on a listing presentation. And somehow you're going to end up with some profit from that. But it's okay to just you know, give them the leads and turn them loose. And what happens is you're, you're not just giving them the leads. You're giving them all this responsibility without accountability. That's what it means to abdicate. You're giving away. And basically at that point you're praying to the real estate gods that they have any clue what to do with your business and that somehow a dollar or two will end up in your pocket at the end of the day. And so what happens next? 90 days, six months, a couple years into your team building, you have the aha moment that, hey, I'm spending all this money to run the team and just you know, keep them full of leads but I'm not ending up with anything. And they seem to not oh, know how to convert a lead, and they tell me that all the leads are junk. So what am I running here what, anyway? But uh, what really happens, Julie, they don't ever have necessarily an epiphany that's that clear. What they keep on doing is they keep on going back to the well of misinformation. They keep mm -hmm. on going back to the things that will support the myth that they can have these big teams and somehow those big teams, even though they might do and often do do lots of units and they do lots of volume and, uh, you know, uh, real estate transactions, they very rarely produce any meaningful profit uh, to the owner, to the rainmaker, to the person having, uh, holding all the responsibility. And I'm going to give you guys a very, very real example. Um, so, by the way, Julie did say something important. She said kind of quick. Hopefully you were paying attention. Virtually every single top producing agent, this is the number one agent in Manhattan, the number one agent in L.A., the number one agents everywhere, they have no teams. They And here's another little epiphany for all of you. They absolutely positively do not waste time building buyer agent teams. They do not buy buyer leads. They don't do any of that crap. They leave that for the agents that have low skill. The top producing agents in the country always have been and always will be listing agents. When you're a listing agent, you have leverage. When you're a listing agent, you can produce massive profits. Focusing on buyer's age, focusing on buyer sides, let alone building a team around you buying buyer leads and sending those to your buyer agents, hoping there are going to be a profit left over, will make, well, let's see, it'll keep you broke and make you broker. That's the unfortunate thing that happens. Uh, you know, so here's a real, very real example. And I'll keep the math easy. Uh, so let's say, for example, there's a team out there that earns a million dollars in gross commission. Let's just say, on average, do your homework on this yourself if you don't believe me. I know this for a fact because Julie and I have been coaching for 20 years, and a lot of the clients we have come to us were agents that have big teams that want to get rid of them, or they had big teams and they learned the lessons that we're trying to help all of you guys understand. Um, now you know after they've learned the hard way, basically. So here's a little math for you. Most big teams, the rainmaker makes less than 20%, usually between 15 and 18%. So that means that uh, Johnny Big Dog, who gets all the plaques, the awards, who walks around, you know, at all the awards, trophy ceremonies, the whole nine yards. He makes a million dollars. His team sells a million dollars worth. Of, it generates a million worth of commission. 
that he makes personally around 150 to 180 thousand dollars. That's what he makes on average, and that is the national average. It is a little bit easier to make the numbers work for you if you have a higher average sale price. But for the most part, those are how the percentages work. Now, Susie next door to you know Johnny Big Shot, she does roughly about let's say 300,000 in commission. She does a third. She she's a competitor with Johnny Big Shot. She doesn't she has maybe one assistant, you know, maybe a maybe assistant and a half, someone to rip pound signs or whatever, right? But here's her deal. She makes 300,000 in commission and she makes the same, if not more, than Johnny Big Shot. Now Johnny Big Shot, he'll say, "Well, hold on now. I'm not working with buyers personally. I have 15 buyers agents doing it. Or I'm not working with sellers. I have two seller specialists doing it. Or I'm not calling leads back. I have a leads coordinator doing it. Or I'm not Okay, that's great. But here's the thing. What Johnny Big Shot doesn't tell you is that even though he is not necessarily working directly with the buyers and sellers anymore, he is still working. He is still putting in time. But his time now is spent managing, training, hopefully training, his team. He is now spending all the time that he would have been spending that, you know, the smart gal next door to him, she spends her client, her time with her clients, and she has to sell fewer houses, and she's actually putting in less time than Johnny Big Shot. So Johnny Big Shot basically is running a team, has all these people working. He ultimately is still having to be responsible for everything everybody does. You never can completely delegate a business. That is another big myth, another big lie. Try to do it and watch what happens. It will fail. And so, yes, he is not working directly with the buyers or sellers anymore, but I promise you he's spending the same, if not significantly more time in his business than, say, Susie does, who makes the same amount of money, net income as he does. And what is he doing? He is uh, managing the, all the people that work for him. So you've got to really think about that before you believe in this mythical, magical thinking about teams. So the point was delegation is fine. Don't abdicate. Don't give away the throne. You can delegate. But, and there's an upcoming point, but I'll foreshadow it. One of my favorite Ronald Reagan quotes is, trust but verify. So you can delegate, you can trust the person you're delegating it to, but you need to build in systems so that you can make sure that it's getting done. So we are going to continue on this theme tomorrow on the radio show. Hopefully you guys like what we're saying. Hopefully we're not rattling the cage too, uh, too much and you're not shutting us down because we're in too much in conflict with how you think and believe about your real estate practice. If we are and you need extra help, Please request a free coaching call at freecoachingcallsforagents.com. Remember, guys, I know a lot of you do this, and I appreciate it, and I always respond as this, Julie. If you want to get hold of us directly, just email uh, Julie at julie at timandjulieharris.com or tim at timandjulieharris.com. Okay? Easy, breezy, simple to do. Let us know if there's anything we can do for you, and we'll talk with you on the radio tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>